the Wisconsin Badgers are in the win column once again. Maybe by a slightly less than comfortable margin, but the overall feel of the game was pretty good. I think there are two players on this Wisconsin team that didn't quite show up the way that, you know, Badger fans may have been hoping them to. But I also think there's some interesting great guard discussion points coming out of this game. We're going to break it all down here on the Scotty Six Pack Podcast. Good morning, and thank you for enjoying it with the Six Pack, the Scotty Six Pack, the only podcast talking all things Wisconsin sports with you six days a week. I am your host, Kedrick Stumbers, and you can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at Kedrick Stumbers, and follow the podcast at Scotty Six Pack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. So Wisconsin gets the win 74 to 70 over Maryland. And it wasn't really that close. It wasn't, didn't really feel like a four point game. Uh, we'll talk about that more in the second half of the show. But first I want to give some, some kudos where kudos are due here, because this was a a game that I thought could have been, you know, difficult, a, a relatively tricky game to handle against a tricky Maryland defense um, that frankly did give Wisconsin trouble at times during this game. And with two players in Jameer Young and Julian Reese that can score buckets that are great at getting to the free throw line. This was a tough game for, for Wisconsin, despite the fact that Maryland is probably not an NCAA tournament team this year. And with that, you know, you have to give kudos to a couple of guys, and I think first and foremost uh, is Tyler Wall, who had a little bit of a rough start. He turned the ball over three times in basically four minutes to start the game. Uh, headed into the under-16 timeout, Tyler Wall you know, turned the ball over after jump-stopping in picking up his dribble, kind of threw the ball, got trapped, didn't really have anywhere to go with it. The next possession out of the timeout, he traveled and he got called for another travel after the under under 12 minute timeout or to go to the under 12 minute timeout. Um but Tyler Ball did not turn the ball over in the second half at all. After turning the ball over to go to the under 12, he didn't turn the ball over again. And and not only that, but he put up 10 points in the first half, he put up another eight points in the second half. Uh, he played very well and, and did so relatively efficiently. He had those 18 points on six of nine shooting. Uh, it, incredibly impressive from him. Also hitting six of seven free throw attempts. Uh, excellent Tyler Wall performance with, I, I mean, just some... Impressive post moves, kind of as always, that, that come from Tyler Wall. He had a, a spinning, you know, kind of like double pirouette move uh, and a reverse to finish. He had a little hook just outside the restricted area. There was, you know, times where having Tyler Wall on the bench showed that Wisconsin was having a hard time getting their offense going. And there's a lot of talk about Stephen Crowell being the straw that stirs Wisconsin's drink. I, you could say that about Chucky Hepburn. 
I think, frankly, they're every piece on this team is is part of a puzzle that works pretty well together, uh, particularly on offense. And if you take any one of those starters out, this team just isn't the same. Um, but Wisconsin had Tyler Wall and AJ Store sitting on the bench for uh, almost four full minutes after the under sixteen timeout in the second half, and. Wisconsin only scored one bucket in that period. They were held scoreless for, you know, just over three minutes. Having Tyler Wall in the game is really important. He, he is really excellent in the low post. He he has the most post moves on the team, quite frankly. I, I know that um, Tyler Wall is obviously not a center, but he's maybe a little more skilled in a finesse sense around the rim than Stephen Crowell is, and I find him uh, to be impressive every time I watch him. Um, for for those of you that that know me, follow me, you, you'll know that I, I've been tracking Tyler Wall's ascent up through the Wisconsin basketball record books basically this entire season and seeing that he's going to finish, you know, through, through the fact that he's had five playing years, of course, but he's, he's going to finish with his name littered all over the top 10 of the Wisconsin basketball record books. And it's, and it's for good reason. It's not only because he has been playing for so long. It is also going to be because he he is a great player and just has improved year over year. He, he definitely had a down here last year. And maybe some of that was because of an injury that he suffered early on in the season, but he he's been excellent almost the entire year this season. Um, was maybe the only reason Wisconsin had any chance of winning the game against Purdue earlier this year. And it's just been so fun to watch him play this season. And I'm excited to see him play in, in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, Another player that I thought played particularly well in this one was Max Klesman. Max Klesman, who has struggled to score as of late, he, he got out from the jump. He he forced a jump ball early on Maryland's like one of their first three possessions. Klesman nailed an early three on his very first attempt. There was also a sequence where Wisconsin drew three fouls on one possession, one of which was from Klesman starting to go hard at the hoop. Um, this was in that stretch um, of between the under sixteen under under twelve minute timeout in the first half where Tyler Tyler Wall had those three turnovers. Within that, there was also another possession where Wisconsin drew three fouls on, on the same possession. Stephen Crowell drew a foul up at the perimeter. Max Klesman then drew a foul immediately after the inbounds play, got him the ball, and then he started to drive to the hoop, drew, drew an immediate foul. Black John Blackwell ended up drawing a foul in the low post there to, to finish off that possession, go to the free throw line. But I, I thought that was really, really, really... Um, Fantastic from him. Max Klesman also, you know, buried a, a deep three late in the game that there's a lot of stuff going around with him given the the, the, the sleep uh cel- celebration there. Uh, you know, put putting you to bed. Didn't quite put Maryland to bed, arguably did, but it, it was a tough shot that for, fortunately Max Max Klesman made. And he also had some some big free throws down, down the stretch in this game. Uh, and, and that's part of the reason Wisconsin you know, is looks looks so good coming out of this one, in particular. Um, 
Max Klesman was eight of eight from the free throw line in this game. Uh, he, he put up 16 points on only three of seven shooting. But when you add <laughs> eight of eight free throw attempts, you know, that, that's going to happen. Uh, he's two of five from, from, from three. One really early in the game, one late in the game, and that's basically all you need. He didn't turn the ball over. He snagged two boards. He had a steal. It was a solid Max Lesmet game, and you know him getting going is maybe good for the team. Maybe maybe something that can be carried forward. Uh, overall, I, I thought that was really impressive stuff from Max Lesmet tonight. One Badger, or last night rather, when you're listening to this. One Badger that I thought had a rough night, Stephen Crowell. Definitely not a great Stephen Crowell night after a night that I think you could interpret a couple of different ways um, that Stephen Crowell played against Iowa. Stephen Stephen Crowell against Iowa kind of got his a little bit offensively. Um, he he and Owen Freeman going, going at it, but Owen, Owen Freeman you know, got plenty against Stephen Crowell. And I thought Stephen Crowell was not just rough offensively, but also rough defensively in this game. Uh, Julian Reese, Maryland's starting center, who I think is a tough guard. He He's really good. He draws a lot of fouls. He had 18 points in this one, and at, at times just kind of kind of took Stephen Crowell to school, it looked like. It, it was not, not great. He, he finished with seven of 12 shooting Julian Reese also is good at, you know, connecting on free throws when he is fouled. And th- there were times where St- Stephen crawl, you know, gets beaten. He just, it's, it's a lazy foul a- and he gives that and, you know, gets to the free throw line after that. And, and that leads to Stephen crawl having to sit on the bench at times as he, as he racks up four fouls in this game. I, I thought that was a little unfortunate. I, I thought that was not very impressive defense from Stephen Crowell last night. Offensively, fine. Eight points, three of six shooting. Connects on a couple of free throws. He has two offensive rebounds. It was like, okay, he had a pretty solid block, pretty solid steal. But, you know, besides the the stuff on defense, Stephen Crowell turned the ball over pretty badly. And, And I know I talked about Tyler Wall turning the ball over early, but Tyler Wall also made up for that with his offense. Stephen Crowell didn't really make up for that with it with a big offensive outburst. Wisconsin overall was turning the ball over quite a bit early in this game. Uh, Jeff Petroikis of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, put, put out on the website formerly known as Twitter that the Badgers had eight turnovers on the first 24 possessions but finished the game with 12 turnovers on a total of 62 possessions. So after turning the ball over eight times in the first 24 possessions, Wisconsin turned the ball over four times in the last 38. So, so that was very impressive. Uh, Stephen Crowell had, what was it, four first-half turnovers? Really not not that good. And all of them were, I mean, not good turnovers. They turned the ball over one more time in the second half, uh, I believe, on another offensive foul. I could be wrong about that. But Stephen Crowell turned the ball over four times in 
the first half. One of them, and it sucked because he had a really good shot where he got blocked the first time, and then he faked right to shoot left and made it around Julian Reese. That I thought was really impressive. Um, but you know, one of those instances where the where the Badgers turned the ball over in that break between the under 16 under 12 timeout that I said that Tyler Wall turned the ball over three times in there. There was another Stephen Crowell turnover in there where Stephen Crowell turned the ball over on an offensive foul. Stephen Crowell also had a really bad pass for a turnover twice in the, in the first half. He turned the ball over after getting double teams, couldn't, couldn't get the pass out. Uh, in the first one, he, he got completely read like a book trying to, trying to bring the ball up to the top of the perimeter against AJ or to AJ store. And the pass just never had a chance. It was tipped out for an easy bucket, which was not great. Another time, bad miscommunication between AJ store and Max Klusman on something that looks like it's supposed to be resembling a dribble handoff. It, It was, it was not good. And there was another turnover on, um, a double team again later on. It just was not very, very, very great. Um, night for, from Stephen Crowell. And Wisconsin's going to need him to be a little bit better. It, it was it was not not a great night. <laughs> um, Stephen Crowell-wise. And, and there's another Badger that I want to talk about who had not a great performance. And someone who's had, you know, an up and down year at times, and in this case had pretty up and down game. Um, I want to tell you about that after we talk to you about our friends over at TickPick, uh, because TickPick is where I go to get tickets for any sporting event that I would like to go to. Um, I went to a sporting event this this President's Day where the NHL plays games uh, on Mondays. Uh, went to the see the San Jose Sharks. So I'm sitting here in Northern California, and it's a great time. Great time, and I got the, my tickets on TickPick. I got the best deal possible, and I did not pay fees on my tickets, which is the best part about buying tickets on TickPick and why I always use TickPick. And I want you to always use TickPick, and I want you to save 10 bucks on your first order on no-fee tickets to any live event. Uh, so if you use my link in the podcast description, my link that's on the screen right now, you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order on TickPick. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Click my link in the podcast description, click my link in the YouTube description. Use the link that's on the screen right now. You're going to save 10 bucks on your first order on TickPick and never pay hidden fees, never pay service or delivery fees for tickets for live events ever again. Uh, Coming up this week on the show, we're going to talk to our good friend Noah Crowell. I almost said Noah Crowell. Noah Clark. <laughs> it's late. Uh, Noah Clark of 1070's game about Wisconsin women's hockey team. Who, I mean, he, he and I were talking over the weekend about, man, what, what a great job the Badgers did. Uh, kind of dismantling the the Minnesota Golden Gophers at, at times o- over the weekend. And they, they welcome number one Ohio State. We got a number one, number two matchup in Madison this weekend in Lebon Arena. And that'll do a lot for Wisconsin, uh, as they would like to get a number, the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. If you can beat Ohio State in back-to-back games this weekend, 
then go out win the conference tournament you might you might have something there you might you might have a case for it uh so we're, we're going to talk about that we're going to break that all down uh and, and also then try to get a a guest on the show still still efforting somebody uh before week's end to, to talk down this this wisconsin basketball team uh because there's some stuff here to talk about uh while while we await the next game against indiana uh next tuesday and a player that needs to perform a little bit better in that game next tuesday is aj store the aj store experience was on full display in in this one where he is a dynamic player he had i mean just one of the highlight real dunks of the college basketball season in this one in transition arguably getting fouled did not get the call but puts a guy on a poster mean mugs him a little bit he had another excellent you know layup through contact in the lane but at times too it's taking bad mid-range numbers on the baseline turning the ball over takes a deep three early in the shot clock that greg guard obviously did not like uh from him it, it was not not great i mean he he had 10 points on 5 of 13 shooting that's not super efficient he was 0 of 3 from 3 again aj store is having a really tough time uh hitting from 3 lately and i think part of that is just the the negative you know percentage shot selection that he has when taking those threes he can make threes when he gets open looks and you know, he's a solid three point shooter, but so, so many of these times he's choosing to take contested threes or just early threes in the shot clock when it's just not necessary. And he also turned the ball over twice in the second half uh, was two of those four late Wisconsin turnovers. So <laughs> there is some of, you have to take the good with the bad with AJ store because the good is so good and, and he can give you so much. He He's going to make some of these bad shots, but if he's going to take them, he has to make them at least make them at, at a little bit of a better clip than, than five of 13. Um, he had eight rebounds, which was fine. Uh, he, he also had an assist on a bucket that I thought was real solid. Um, I want to make sure I find it in my notes. I believe it was to Steven Crowell. Mm. Yeah, he created a good bucket for Steven Crowell. Um, he he made an excellent cutoff screen that that left Stephen Crowell wide open, right under the rim. I, that was not an assist, but but a play that I wanted to I wanted to note there, uh, which which was really good. Um, but clearly, Greg Art was not pleased with with Stephen Crowell all, all the way through in this one. Or sorry, with AJ Store all the way through in this one, and he made some you know questionable defensive decisions after after he chucks up a deep three. He he gets burned on defense on the other end which is just not good. He sat for the final three minutes and 20 seconds after committing a late turnover. He came back for the final 11 seconds only because John Blackwell followed out, but clearly, clearly, and this is not the first time that Greg Artis had AJ store for long periods at the tail end of games. Clearly 
Greg Art is not particularly pleased with with the shot selection um, with AJ Store at times. And I've said it before. I'll, I'll I'll say it again. It was very early in the season that when I asked at a post game presser, Greg Gard said AJ Store is learning what a good shot is. It is clear that AJ Store still needs to learn that lesson. There there is some stuff that AJ Store was particularly good at in this one. Things that he he really added here, uh, which was Wisconsin struggling to break a, a Maryland zone defense at points in time. At, at one point, Store made a really, really good cut to the rim to, to break and, and slice through the, the Maryland zone. But if he's not able to do that, I mean, like all the time, which I know is somewhat of an unfair standard to set him to, and particularly when he's your most dynamic athlete, your most complete scorer. I know it's maybe a little bit of a hard standard, but with with a team that limits possessions, you just can't have someone taking bad shots, someone turning the ball over unnecessarily, uh, someone who takes a bad shot and then gets beat at the other end with relative ease. You can score, and this Wisconsin basketball team needs a scorer, and they're really glad that AJ Store is there. But... You just need slightly fewer of these negative interactions. And frankly, I think Hunter Asijin is a good analog here. And I think in this one, Hunter Asijin, you know, he picked up a foul at one point in time, didn't get yanked from the game because Hunter Asijin was, was still adding stuff and put up seven minutes in this game. And at times this season, Hunter Asijin would have been yanked. Doesn't seem that that happened in this one. Um, but... Overall, I, I think the AJ Store experience just just needs some polish. It's fine. He's going to take some bad shots. That's okay. But you need to hit them at a reasonable enough clip to to stay on the court with with a team that limits the number of possessions per game. Uh, but overall, Wisconsin finished strong in, in this one, thanks to some I mean great free throw shooting and some lucky shooting by by Maryland, which which made this close. Wisconsin won this by four. And part of that is in thanks to the fact that Wisconsin hit some freaking free throws in this one. Shot 31 free throws, made 28 of them. They made five more free throws than Maryland attempted in this game. In gas, some of that's you know inflated because Wisconsin had had the lead laid, but you got they had the lead. Um, Maryland made 17 of 23, which was fine, 74 percent, but. That's, I mean, way below the average for, for a Maryland team that uh, came into the day be, as a as a top 10 free throw shooting team in the country by shot percentage. Or by, not by shot percentage. And I think I may have misspoken about this, actually, on, on the podcast that I released yesterday. Um, by the point total distribution. So by the total number of points scored in a game the proportion of which are free throws maryland scores about 24 25 percent of their points in a game come from free throws and that's a top 10 percent uh that, that's a top 10 clip in the country so to hold maryland to something like that I, I think is you know pretty pretty dang good um just those 17 points on 74 percent shooting wisconsin healing free throws late keeping themselves ahead when 
Maryland was making a push. Maryland was making a lot of threes down the stretch to to keep them in it, to keep it within a respectable margin. Although Wisconsin really was holding on to this. I mean, Maryland hit five of their last six shots from the field. Um, On the game, Maryland shot 33.3% from three. But keep in mind, Maryland only shot one of six from three overall in in the first half. So they got a little bit lucky. Maryland was two of 12 from three. But to close the game then, Maryland hit their last three, three point attempts, last three in a row uh, to, to make it a game. And it makes this margin look better than what it really was uh, for, for Maryland and for Wisconsin to respond, not turn the ball over and get free throws. That, that's good to, to come out with the win here because there was a chance that Wisconsin could have kept turning the ball over uh, because Maryland was giving Wisconsin some trouble. And this is where I want to get into the, the Greg guard check in uh, of this. These are things that were giving Wisconsin trouble was some of this Maryland zone defense and Maryland's full court pressure. You know, we, we talked about on the episode coming into today, Maryland had the sixth ranked defense in the country by adjusted efficiency. According to Ken Palm, Maryland now still at six. Um, and it's a team that you know forces a good number of turnovers a team that holds teams to a low effective field goal percentage the effective field goal percentage that Maryland is holding teams to on the season is 45.8. Wisconsin, I mean, shot just from the field, 44.7. So that's pretty dang good. And that's without even taking into account any uh, any three-point shooting. So that, that's, that's really solid. But Wisconsin having trouble breaking the zone, having trouble breaking the press at times. Wisconsin, I do not believe, scored any fast break points, any buckets in transition out of the the full court press that that Maryland was was pushing and Wisconsin was settling for shots late in the shot clock they couldn't get their actions going against the zone it it was tough and of course they got a, they got a good bucket from AJ Store they got a late buried 3 from from Max Klesman but that late buried 3 was kind of lucky because i didn't really understand why and I noticed some people talking about, well, Wisconsin started trying to run up the clock with like four or five minutes left. This wasn't true. Wisconsin just couldn't get their offense going around this Maryland zone. Wisconsin was trying to run up the clock with two minutes left on the clock, which was too early considering Wisconsin's difficulty in getting the regular offense going. So when they started wasting half of the shot clock to start running out the clock because Wisconsin was up eight or something, that late after they already weren't getting you know successful actions to get to the hoop early on and you're taking a long time to get into the half court to to start running your offense that's that's not bad you you have the possession with 2 minutes left up 6 you mess around with the entire shot clock couldn't get anything going and you settle for a chucky 3 from from deep uh, which wasn't very good. Fortunately, the very next possession, after Wisconsin settles for the same exact thing, Max Klesman buries 
uh, a three, which kind of saves them in this one. But it, it was just a, a situation where felt like the directive from Greg Gard was, was to slow the game down too early. Uh, which which was a little bit un- unfortunate, but I thought one satisfying thing from from Greg Gard here uh, was real mix up in rotations, which is something that I know Greg Gard haters really criticize with with Gard is him being unwilling to to mix up his rotations, un- unwilling to try different things, and for those who have wanted to see Carter Gilmore not play, uh, you you got your wish. Carter Gilmore did not appear in this one. Uh, usually appears as you know the preferred option off the bench to to give Tyler Wall some rest. He does not appear in this one at all. Mark Silver hits in the game. Looks okay. Um, an unfortunate turnover. Does does not have. I don't think it's necessarily a bad turnover. I think it's just unfortunate. It couldn't quite get his grip on the ball in the corner. He he doesn't score in this one. He he gets two shots up. Both of which are threes, which I think is not quite what you'd you'd want from him, but just doesn't have a ton of experience inside yet. Um, but he gets six minutes. He gets six minutes. Connor Sejan gets some extended extended runs. He has seven minutes in this game, more than he's been getting of late. And I think the other notable thing is that down the stretch when Stephen Crowell gets into foul trouble, he picks up his fourth foul. Crowell actually gets subbed out for John Blackwell. And Wisconsin goes goes small ball with Tyler Wall at the five for only a minute. But, I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw a... <laughs> I do not remember the last time I saw a, a small ball lineup with, with Tyler Wall at the five. Uh, so it was it was fun. If if nothing else, it was fun seeing Greg Gard do something a little bit different in in this game. Maybe some of that stuff sticks. Uh, I, I just don't think that minute there, there's a lot there to to learn from. Unfortunately, I would love to see it some more, just because I, I'd like to be able to learn from it. And I don't remember that if was if Wisconsin ever went to that small ball lineup early in the non conference season. I don't think that they did. Uh, and I wish that. There was open practice still. Um, see if they ever go to that lineup. But it's going to be, I mean, tough to know if, if Wisconsin will, will try to go to it again. Um, I'm going to guess probably not, but I, I would love to see it, um, especially if they're not going to be willing to give Nolan Winter ex- extended minutes in, in big games against, you know, a Zach Eady, for for example. Uh, but as we wrap up here, this is a Wisconsin win that locks them into the NCAA tournament for sure. I know I've talked about that there's not really much to worry about for a long time. Wisconsin on the four or five ish line for quite some time. This locks Wisconsin in. Wisconsin the rest of the way is fighting for, for something between a nine seed floor and a two seed high. And a two seed is going to require, you know, Wisconsin to win out, plus probably get a little bit lucky. But a lose out scenario, I don't even think puts Wisconsin on the bubble anymore. This is a lock. And it should be fun. 
Should be fun the rest of the way watching this team play for seeding. There's a lot to play for still uh, because hanging out in a 4-3 spot is a lot more fun. Uh, gives you a much, much, much better chance at not just winning a first-round game but getting out of the first weekend than, than slipping down to anywhere 5-9 to nine would. So I'm looking forward to this stretch to end the season. There's really not any landmine games on the schedule anymore after this one where Rutgers is technically a quad three game that you would say that's the only place where Wisconsin could take a bad loss, but it's not even a regular quad three game anymore with how well Rutgers has been playing. And I wonder, I wonder if the committee would view a loss to Rutgers this late in the season, if Rutgers continues to play at the level that the Scarlet Knights have, um, if the committee would view that as a typical quad three loss, or if they would kind of in their heads mark it as more of a quad two, but at least now we're not asking these questions because we are concerned that Wisconsin isn't going to make the tournament at all. So that that's a good thing. Should should put people a little bit at ease. And onwards and upwards we go with this with this Wisconsin team that certainly defended much harder in this one than it did against Iowa. Uh, another defender that we did not talk about uh, in this one, and I think this really showed in the first half, uh, especially, was Chucky Hepburn's defensive efforts against uh, Jameer Young. The the I mean, first ten all big all big or, sorry, first team all Big Ten, all Big Ten. <laughs> I'm trying to put the words in the right order here that I wanted to. I was trying to say, and I smushed it all together the first time. The all Big Ten first teamer. There we go. Uh, Jameer Young, who put up 20 points, but, I mean, had to take 17 shots to get there. Uh, I mean, Tyler Wall got, got up nine shots and got 18, so uh, I feel like Tyler Wall was more more impressive in this one. Jameer Young needed 17 shots and sh- to shoot seven of seven from the free throw line to get up to, to, get up to 20. Uh, really, really excellent, excellent defensive work from Chucky Hepburn, who drew two first half fouls or who committed two first half fouls against Jameer Young and I mean buckled down again in in the second half and didn't end up tacking on any additional fouls so that that was a really solid performance by Chucky Hepburn uh, on defense and if this team can defend more like what it did tonight uh, or last night rather than what it did on defense against Iowa it's a much better team. It's a much better team. Getting closer to getting back to what this team should be. And that is exciting. So thank you for listening to today's edition of the Scotty Six Pack Podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow with Noah Clark of 1070 The Game to talk Wisconsin women's hockey. Sweeping Minnesota. And as it goes into a one versus two matchup against Ohio State this weekend in Madison. Um, until then, you can follow me on the website formerly known as Twitter for all things Wisconsin sports at Kedrick's numbers and follow the podcast at Scotty Sixpack. While you're here on your podcast platform of choice, please leave a review. Five stars, kind comments really does help the show. You can also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Scotty Sixpack. And while you're there, smash the subscribe button, hit that like button and hit the bell so you get notified as soon as we put new episodes into your feed. 
on Wisconsin.